Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good afternoon, and I'm so glad you are hanging out with me today, especially today, because it's going to be unlike any other day we've spent together. For the next half hour, we're going to share the airwaves with our sister station in Vancouver, CKNW, and their afternoon host, Linda Steele. The topic, uh huh, none other than the bitumen battle that's been brewing between our two provinces. 403-974-8255. It's the number we know, and it's the number I want you to call. How did we get here? Since 1953, the Trans Mountain Pipeline has been shipping oil from Alberta to Burnaby, B.C. In 2013, Kinder Morgan applies to the NEB to expand the pipeline. It's the start of a rocky road for this project. There have been protests. Communities have been divided. In 2016, the federal government under Justin Trudeau changes the rules and says pipeline projects such as the Trans Mountain expansion will now be assessed in part on the greenhouse gas emissions produced in the extraction and processing of the oil they carry. And proponents will also have to improve consultations with First Nations. In May of 2016, we've got a three-member panel appointed by Ottawa. They conduct an environmental review of the project. Shortly after that, once Kinder Morgan has jumped through all the hoops, the NEB gives the green light to the pipeline. There's just those 157 conditions that have to be met. But a few months go by, and finally, November 29th, Justin Trudeau gives his stamp of approval to Kinder Morgan. That was more than 14 months ago. A lot has happened since then. We've had First Nations launching lawsuits, Burnaby dragging its feet on issuing construction permits. Last week, the straw that broke the camel's back. BC proposing a regulation to restrict expanded flows of oil through the province until it can determine that shippers are prepared and able to clean up a catastrophic spill. Premier Horgan's words, not mine. Our Premier responds, and now we've got a ban on BC wine into our province. Wow. Throughout all of this, we have heard from you. This half hour, though, we're making sure your voices are heard in BC and we hear what our neighbors have to say. 403-974-8255. I am Linda Steele from 980 CKW in Vancouver. Very excited to be teaming up with my colleague, Angela Cocott, in Calgary from 770 CHQR. How are you doing, Angela? Doing well, Linda. Our phone board is already lit up. This is going to go fast. Our phone board is lit up as well. So what's going on? No commercials, folks. For the next half hour, we're going to alternate your calls from BC and Alberta. So if you want to call in on our end, again, at 604 280 uh, you know what, Angela? Why don't you go first? All right. Let's start with Ken right away. Hey, Ken, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you very much, Angela, for taking my call. I am pretty PO'd at the B.C. government. Uh, they want to stop this pipeline because they're afraid of a spill. What about the millions and millions and millions of tons of raw sewage that Victoria is pumping out into the ocean? Ken, you're not the first one to express that frustration, and we hear that a lot, Linda. So I'm I'm sure Victoria has good reason why they've done it for so many years, but we often hear why we've got that criticism. Well, and the other thing is Victoria's finally on that. So, yeah, that went on for too long, but that's not going to be happening much longer. Let's go to Brian in Burnaby. Welcome to the show. What did you want to say, Brian? Oh, hi. Hi, hi both of your radio hosts. Great, great show. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, a, a, a couple of things. First of this... Look, we Alberta and, and and Justin Trudeau have a right to export 
the product. But British Columbia, Alberta, and the oil companies, they have the ability to make the product so much safer to export by refining it. It would create thousands of long-term jobs in Alberta, value-added product. Now, B.C. should have the right to say, well, fine, we'll let you export oil, but make it as safe as possible. Okay, the, that's... Oil comp- the oil companies refuse to build it because they make more profit shipping the raw product offshore. Okay, you know what, Brian and Angela, that's interesting too because a lot of people say the problem is with bitumen, that if uh, there is some sort of a tanker spill, it's going to sink instead of float, and people would rather see it refined here than shipped off. And you know, we often get that even from our listeners. Why don't we refine it here? Well, the, it comes down to cost and economics, and if it was such a good deal private companies would be doing it. And I don't think a lot of taxpayers in our province at this point want to be footing the bill for refineries if even the private companies are saying it's just not worth it. Let's get back to our phone calls here. And let's go to John. We're doing our best, Linda, to make sure we do an Alberta call and a BC call. So let's go to John. Hi, John. Yeah, hi, Angela. Hey, Linda. Hi there. you in Edmonton, Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, My thing is with Justin Trudeau. Um, I can't say he goes which way of the wind, but he does go the path of least resistance. And him being involved in this tells me that there's something else afoot. I'm wondering, and and please laugh at me for the conspiracy theorist that I am, I'm wondering (laughs) if he isn't caught between the devil and the deep blue sea, the deep blue sea being B.C. and the devil being the Chinese. Mm -hmm. Because they are absolutely desperate for oil. Well, and I also think that the prime minister is facing an election next year, too, and he stands to really tick off a lot of people in B.C. and Alberta if he doesn't handle this right. So I think he's just hoping the two sides are going to work something out. And, Linda, you've got a good point, because I think John Horgan, then would be in the same bind because he's got a minority government and a lot of people are saying who's pulling his strings that uh, have him doing this as well so john thanks for that i'm sure he's not the only one with the conspiracy theory well, what's your next call there linda yeah let's go to brent in vancouver brent what are your thoughts on this hello i just was wondering what you guys know about electric seamless welding nothing okay, nothing so here what- either what happens with the pipe is the pipe fitter comes along and puts on a 35-degree bevel, and then the welder is trained in a ticket. And the welder has to have his weld x-rayed after. So it's extremely regulated. So your point, Brent, is that these pipelines are safe? It's a very safe way to connect the pipe. It's very, very regulated. Okay, well, that's interesting. And, Angela, we had a lot of other people saying, well, if it's not through the pipeline, and by the way, that pipeline's been shipping diluted bitumen for decades without any sort of a major problem, then how else do we get it? Are we now trucking it? Uh, Is it going by rail? And there's a concern that way as well for safety. Well, and we've heard that time and time again that when we look at rail compared to pipeline, pipelines are a lot safer. I've got a full phone board here, so why don't I move on then to Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. You're talking to, well, B.C. and Alberta. Well, hello, Alberta and British Columbia. Hi there. Here's where I'm a little ticked off. For one, I feel sorry for British Columbians of their some of their politics they've had over the years because God knows we've had our problems here. But how is it that three Green Party members are running that province right now because British Columbia's premier is kissing up to them so he can have his government? Well, and let me tell you what happened to my buddy in Langley yesterday. He was cut off given the finger and yelled at to get out of British Columbia and go back to Alberta and stay there. Oh, that's let me not tell, good. Let me tell you about my experience in Salmon Arm last year. 
I stopped in an antique store, and as soon as I signed her guest register, and I was from Calgary, she was just disgusted and wanted me out of her store and said that we are nothing but a red wave of vermin. Okay, you know what? I don't want to hear stuff like that. I think that's wrong. That's why I think we're pitting British Columbians against Albertans when I think that the vast majority of people actually agree that we want to protect the environment, but we also have to protect the economy. And as for the Green Party having pulling the strings here in BC, well, John Horgan campaigned on using everything, every tool in the tool belt to do something to stop that Kinder Morgan expansion. And they just approved the Site C Dam. And so uh, his Green Party partner is saying, you know what, enough is enough in terms of the big energy projects. Let's go to Dan in Delta. Welcome to the show, Dan. What did you want to say about pipelines? Well, first of all, I'd like to say share the land and protect the water. The second thing is, worked in the lumber mills all my life. They're all closed. The logs all got shipped raw. We're given into China. Refine your oil, Calgary, and stop the foreign investors from driving up your housing market because when you get your jobs back, you'll be paying high rent and high mortgages because those guys are going to double manipulate us. Oh, my. Dan is fired up, Angela. Does Dan know that we actually can hear him? We, he doesn't have to shout <laughs> all the way from Vancouver. Um, I'm curious, though, even with Dan, if he's still on the line talking no, about... Okay, good. But talking about foreign ownership driving up housing prices, aren't you from Vancouver? I'm, uh, anyway, yeah, I was going to say, that's our problem. <laughs> that's your problem. I'll all right, 403-974-8255. I'm Angela Cocott, 770-CHQR. You're hearing Linda Steele from CKNW in Vancouver, and we are sharing the airwaves because we really want to make sure Albertans' voices are heard in B.C. and B.C.'s voices are heard here in Alberta. So let's get back to my phone calls. Hi, Steve. Oh, hi. Uh, that was a hard one to follow. That. <laughs> Just don't yell, please. <laughs> Sorry, I got a cold. Hey, um, I heard from a... My cousin, uh, that there's a rumor going around at the ledge. I don't know if it's really a rumor, but after Family Day, Trans Mountain's going to be told to cut the gasoline by half. Not not anything else, just the gasoline, not mm. the diesel or the jet fuel, if that, whatever. That's what I heard. So, Steve, anyway, uh, for uh, what it's worth. Yeah, for what it's worth, and it's a rumor. And, Linda, we've had lots of those rumors circulating. We did hear this week from Kinder Morgan saying they are not going to be doing anything to reduce the flow of either bitumen or gasoline. Um, you know, it doesn't make economic sense for them. So exactly. they're hoping there's going to be other ways to be able to work this out. You got another call for us over there? I do indeed. A Bill in Richmond, uh, what would you like to say about pipelines? Hi, yeah, I have a great idea. How about we just leave the oil in the ground for Canadians in the future and or send the oil back east because they're importing oil from Saudi Arabia. And we should stop selling out to the Chinese because they're buying everything. Wow, that's China has come up three times in this show, Angela. It's a common theme. Well, we'd love to be able to send it back east, but we know Energy East, that pipeline failed. And, Bill, ultimately, uh, it would be great to think we could leave oil in the ground. But how are we going to continue to fire our economy when we look at how we get around? Yeah, we're trying to move to renewables, but we're still a long way from that. Yeah, I would say we're probably 10 to 15 years away. Yeah, at least. All right. So I think I'm up next here, Linda. Let's go with Craig. Craig, what are your thoughts when it comes to what's happening between Alberta and B.C.? Well, uh, Angela, it's Craig Chandler here with the Progressive Group for Independent Business. In fact, we just launched about an hour ago a campaign against Smash Burger Burgers because we found out that they are serving British Columbia beef in Alberta, not Alberta beef. And our organization is going to go store by store 
research who's selling BC products and make sure we boycott. We're willing to start a, an outlet war and have some short-term pain for long-term gain because people are pushing Alberta around and we've contributed too much to this economy and, and, and no more. It's, it's time for a war. It's the only way other provinces can get taught a lesson. BC is just going to have to learn. They started it. We'll finish it. Yeah, Craig, but what about what that does to our economy? Because ultimately then we're going to see BC when we do this tit-for-tat trade war and I'm I'm, there's no tit the for future, tat when we though. talk we, the difference we between help the future. It's for the future children and grandchildren. If we don't step, war is not fun. There's casualties on all sides. But if we don't stand firm, Alberta's going to continue to get pushed around. And you know what? If Confederation isn't going to work because you know we at least fought this way, the next option separation. And I'll tell you what, we're sick and tired of paying into something that we get nothing back. We get nothing but disrespect. And Greg, thanks doing- so much. I, I think some people would argue though we do get something back when we're talking about our oil resources. It's just that we got to get them to a market where we're not losing so much money. Not to mention the fact that we're talking about average people getting hurt in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's not the people, it's not the ranchers, it's not the winemakers who are making decisions about pipelines. It's the politicians. And there's so much politics around this. I'd rather see John Horgan and Rachel Notley do some sort of a mud wrestle in the oil sands and figure it out that way instead of involving hundreds of thousands of other Canadians. I just had a vision of a mud (laughs) wrestle. I'm not sure I like that one. Uh, She might win too. (laughs) What do you got next? Bernard uh, in Edmonton. Hey, I've got an Alberta call. Hi, Bernard. Hi there. How's it going? Very good. Um, I just wanted to say that I think it's rather foolish of Premier Notley to suspend trade with BC wineries. First off, you go to Caramuz, Penticton, Osoyoos, Kelowna, every other place in Alberta plate. How much Alberta tourism goes to the BC winery industry? And secondly, the, oak, the interior is all liberal. So it's not like she's actually having any detrimental effects on NDP constituencies of John Horgan. Here's what Notley needs to do. Suspend the carbon tax and our climate action plan until that pipeline is operational. Yeah, you know what, Bernard? I agree with you on that front. I think that that's what she should do. If she really wants the prime minister to act, she should say no pipeline, no carbon taxes. Yeah, and a lot of people have suggested the same thing, Bernard. And I'm glad you even pointed out the tourism dollars that Alberta puts into BC when it comes to the wine industry. We, it's our, it's our playground. It's our backyard. And I think they ultimately are being hurt by something that they're thinking, wait, this is between you and Trudeau, not between um, Alberta and BC. Okay, let me get to the next one. Even though I know that was an Edmonton call, Linda, but I'm slipping in another Alberta call here. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. What are your thoughts? Um, uh, I was listening to Danielle Smith this morning about um, bitumen cleanup. Uh, She had uh, a research department, uh, Canadian well-known, for three years. Mm -hmm. And they're saying how bitumen is less of a problem than crude and then uh, they were saying like in the last 30 years there's only been three tanker uh, mishaps and one was the bc ferry and uh, right at the moment i would like to know how many tankers are coming up from washington to supply because that refinery shut down and also did you know that 16 tankers pollute the earth as much as all the cars in the world do. Hmm. And so why are we going after pipeline, which is so safe compared to any other thing and less polluting than what everyone is up against. Brian, thanks for the call. And Brian's referring to, Danielle spoke with, uh, let's see, Heather Detman. She is a bioprocessing senior scientist with Natural Resources Canada, talking about the research that has been done when it comes to bitumen and how it floats and the cleanup is a lot 
better than it has been in the past. So uh, that's what Brian was referring to. Yeah, and it's Linda Steele here from 980 CKNW in Vancouver. If you're just joining us, we're doing a live simulcast with our sister station in Calgary, 770 CHQR. Angela Cocott and I are taking phone calls, 604-280-9898 if you're calling in from BC. Let's go to Heather in Burnaby. Hi, Heather. What would you like to say? Hi, I live by the refinery, and I say 100% I'm for Alberta because they give us transfer payments. That gives us the standard of living we have. Without it, the economy will fail because of the debts run up by the government. And they should say, no pipeline, no transfer payments to Canada. Okay, well, actually, uh, B.C. doesn't get transfer payments from Alberta because we're also a have-province. Yeah. But it certainly could be said that both B.C. and Alberta are giving a lot of money to the have-not provinces. Yeah, and ultimately, a lot of this revenue goes to the social programs that you and I enjoy as Canadians as well. All right, let's, uh, I'll, I'll slip out our phone number, 403-974-8255, if you are calling in Alberta. And that's what Carol is doing. Hi, Carol, what are your thoughts on this one? Hi there. There's certainly a lot of good points on both sides, but I am voting with Alberta. But you had a caller a few back who was saying about clean up the water and it's going to destroy the water. Um, What about the fact that raw sewage from Nanaimo, Vancouver Island, kind of damages that doing to our marine ecosystem? And Carol, you... Yeah, there there is some hypocrisy going on for sure that there are people here saying we don't want to take any risk. And then for years, they've been pumping raw sewage into the water around Victoria. They have finally got on top of that one and they're getting that fixed. But I agree with you that I think we don't know all the answers. And maybe if someone else knows about the safety issues or whether they've been resolved in the testing, they should get that front and center right now to allay concerns. Yeah. And, you know, Linda, just one quick thing here, because a lot of people have said uh, John Horgan is just proposing this. He's not slowing things down. He wants to consult with British Columbians. But I think what other people are saying, it causes uncertainty. Just like many years ago, well, when Notley first came to power, she did this review of the royalty review and ultimately didn't do anything. But it caused uncertainty in an energy sector that has been full of uncertainties and we need to be moving forward on this. Not to mention yesterday we heard from the Premier that this consultation process could take well into 2019. Mm -hmm. How much longer does Kinder Morgan want to wait. Yep. All right, let's bring in Bob from Vancouver. What do you want to say about pipelines, Bob? Okay, this question is for the taxpayers of Alberta. The Exxon or uh, the Exxon Valdez oil disaster in Alaska cost more than seven billion U.S. dollars to clean up. Are you prepared to put up front ten billion dollars Canadian to protect uh, the waters of uh, downtown Vancouver or the Salish Sea in case there's a, a disaster? That's- now let me thanks, Bob. Uh, let me just suggest though that the Exxon Valdez apparently was like a single hull tanker, and they don't have those kinds of tankers coming into BC. We have double hull, so I don't think that would happen, but over to you, Angela. And I'm glad you pointed that out. Things have changed, and the Exxon Valdez was a terrible tragedy. We realize that. But I, I'm sure that whether it be Kinder Morgan or working between the governments, if this is what's really holding it up, to say that, all right, if something would happen, we will be covering that cost. But as people have pointed out, when you look at how many tankers are moving in the Vancouver area and how many spills we've actually had, it's such a small percentage. All right, I get it another call in here let's go to is it lewis yes lewis what are your thoughts uh, good afternoon angela and thank you for taking my call you bet my my major concern is very few minimum 
of people than they voted for Green Party are running the VC government. And well, that, that's me, not necessarily it's true. It's pathetic. Then some small amount of people, just so the NDP government and VC stay in power, allows these individuals to run the government. Let me just say this one thing. Because we First know. of all, the, the Green Party does have some influence. They're not running the government. John Horgan, the NDP premier, ran in, on his election campaign. He was going to do everything in his power to stop the Kinder Morgan pipeline. This is not the Green Party telling him to do it, but of course they're happy about it. All right, uh, let's bring in another call from this end. Cam in the Fraser Valley, welcome to the show. Well, uh, that's a great show. Thanks very much. Uh, I think both premiers are doing exactly what they've been elected to do, and that's stand up for their constituents. And I think they need to leave the trade war out of it and sit down with the federal government, get their ducks in a row and get it sorted out, and leave the trade war out of it. Next, they're going to be banning B.C. Bud going to Alberta. <laughs> we'll really have a... Then we'll really have a problem. I'll bet you that won't happen. <laughs> Cam, you know what? I'm glad you pointed that out because I have to uh, admit here, Linda, I thought I'd hear more about Justin Trudeau and we haven't heard as much as I thought I'd hear in this half hour. No, I know. that's what a lot of people are saying. Justin Trudeau, what are you doing? Well, apparently he has sent envoys to both Alberta and BC. They're here in each of our provinces today trying to work something out, but I think it's up to him. I think he should be calling Premier Horgan and Premier Notley, getting them together in one room, sitting down, locking the door and figuring this out before they can leave. Exactly. Let's go to uh, an, another Alberta call. Hi, Darren. Hi. As far as I'm concerned, the, the deal's already done, boys. We had a year and a half, two years, five years, whatever it's been up to get to this point. We, the You guys fighting with Alberta is the wrong guys. The federal government is the ones that have approved the pipeline. It's a done deal. You want to go back and revisit it? That's your business. But leave Alberta out of it. And you can't stop it. I think send in the goddamn troops if it's going to take this silliness. Darren, thanks for that. Uh, Linda, I'm curious because I was reading a poll from back in September in B.C. and it was showing that 47% of people said Kinder Morgan's project should go ahead. 33% uh, rather said it should be scrapped. What do you get for a general feeling when it comes to the pipeline? Honestly, on this show, to the phones, the email, the tweets, I would say it's 75 to 80% in favor of the pipeline. Hmm. All right. Which okay. is interesting, right? That is good. Let's bring in Mike from Abbotsford. Mike, uh, you're siding with our friends in Alberta. Yes, I am. And, uh, you know, really, we should be making Justin Trudeau a drama teacher again. Uh, you know, the BC and as well, there's really irresponsible, right? And how they sacrifice our wine industry. It's really, you know, we are. Oh, Mike, Mike, I'm going to have to let you go because your, your line's not great. I'm, I'm unfortunate. But he is saying, hey, obviously, he doesn't think the uh, prime minister is doing a good job. We have clear phone lines here in Alberta. Let's go to Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi, how are you doing today? Doing well. You better have a clear phone line now. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, okay, the point I was going to bring up was uh, kind of mentioned already. The uh, Exxon Valdez brought about in 210, the uh, uh, what would you call it, uh, regulation mandate that uh, only double-hulled tankers are allowed to come into the ports now. Yeah, and I'm glad, uh, Bill, I'm glad you pointed that out. We just um, want to squeeze in a couple of more calls. I think you're going to get the last one, Linda. All right, Dave and Victoria, what do you think? Uh, just real quickly, um, if there wasn't a problem with the oil tanker uh, having a spill, okay, then people wouldn't be upset about it, right? Because if you just said, well, it's a double, double haul, so yeah. it's no problem. So obviously there is a problem. So why don't we shut up? Stop whining and sniveling and fix the problem. What is the problem? We haven't identified what the problem is. The problem is we cannot clean up bitumen from the ocean floor. So how do, we're Canadians, for God's sake. So let's figure it out. 
stop whining and sniveling, sit down in a room and come up with the technology on how to clean this up, build the equipment, and then British Columbia will be happy. But until you come up with a plan... You're just sitting there bitching and whining. Yeah, bitching. But you know what, Dave? (laughs) Uh, We had an expert on today from Natural Resources Canada saying it's there. We've got the technology already. And you know what I'm hearing, too, is that this is diluted bitumen and that it actually is like salad dressing, that the oil floats Mm -hmm. and does not sink to the bottom. And so we need more clarity on this, obviously. That was a lot of fun, Angela. Yeah, we got to do this again. I knew it had to be an hour, but a half an hour went really fast. Linda, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks to you as well. Linda Steele in Vancouver at CKNW. We're going to continue the conversation in our next half hour. Cloudy and minus 17 in downtown Calgary. Good afternoon from Global News. It's 3.30. I'm Tony King. The city has announced another snow route parking ban, the second one this week. City officials say some parts of Calgary have seen 35 centimeters of snow in the past 24 hours. The ban will go into effect at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Major new energy projects will have to be assessed and either approved or denied within two years under a massive new national assessment bill introduced in the House of Commons. But federal conservative leader Andrew Scheer fears that plan will make it more difficult to get projects approved. Natural Resources Minister Jim Carr says Ottawa is prepared to step in if necessary to ensure the Trans Mountain Pipeline project gets built. Carr says, though, so far, B.C. hasn't taken any action that requires a direct response. Provincial Transportation Minister Brian Mason says results would be catastrophic if the Springbank Dry Dam does not go ahead. Mason is urging Calgary's business community to raise its voice against the opposition from residents west of the city. Dan Federkyle of the Calgary Stampeders today announced his retirement. The Medicine Hat native spent five seasons with the Stampeders. Now, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic for TrumanHomes.com. If you don't have to leave the house this afternoon, probably best to uh, just avoid the roads. Very slippery right now. Lots of collisions. We're just getting reports of a new one southbound on Deerfoot Trail at the off-ramp to Anderson Road as you head towards the Armstrong Bridge. Southbound drivers there are backed up to uh, around Heritage Drive, but slow. Chase more dreams, live a healthier life, create exciting opportunities, and secure your finances so you can love and live your life. Sun Life Financial. Life's brighter under the sun. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Chris Duchesne. Global News Calgary weather. The winter storm warning for Calgary has ended. Clearing overnight, the low minus 22. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, high minus 12. Saturday, sunny and minus 1. It's minus 17. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 4 o'clock. I'm Tony Kang. And the news brought to you by Fidelity Investments. When investing, remember, strong and steady wins the race. Ask your financial advisor or visit fidelity.ca.